Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 49, the back to normal episode of the Game Groups podcast, the all encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt. Today, I'm joined by Josh, Mike, and Paul, hence the back to normal. It hasn't been since episode 45 that it's been the four of us all together. So let's get right into this thing. Instead of asking you guys how you're doing, I want to ask everyone what the peak of their week has been. Paul, what is the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh, no. Yep. Uh, What have I done this week that was cool? I went to a petting zoo, a big petting zoo in our area. It's it's kind of dinky, but they have a zebra now, so they've really classed it up. Uh, I got to pet some mountain goats, feed them popcorn. I got to pet a very wiry pig, and she was not psyched about the... Uh, I woke her from a nap. Uh, but yeah, overall, nice sunny day, walk in the sun. Weather's been beautiful. And uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Also, I watched the first two episodes of Obi-Wan, and that was pretty cool. Did they release the first two at the same time? First two got released at the same time, and then, yeah, they're going to be weekly cadence. I'm hearing very mixed things about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's good like as a show to watch, but uh, I- I'm curious where the story is going. But it's I'm having a good time. I'm not going to be too picky about it. It's Star Wars. I-, I don't have like high expectations for it to be incredible. I just want it to be fun. <laughs> That's fair. Josh, the best thing that happened to you this week? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I'm cheating. Uh, technically it has when the, uh, Josh, this is your answer every fucking week, by the way. It's always, it hasn't happened yet. uh, Look, I don't like your, your meme, Paul. I don't like you. We should have fired you a long time ago. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, um, so I'm going up to a good old Georgia for a wedding and guess who's going to be there? My wonderful wife. So I get to see her and spend the weekend with her, which is going to be wonderful. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to that. So that will be the peak of my week. Other than that, it's actually been a pretty good weekend, though. Good good Memorial Day weekend. When you said your wife, Josh, I thought you meant Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I'm just going to go right now because very similar to Josh, my wife is coming back from her week-long trip tomorrow. The dog and I are going to be very excited to have her back here. I'll finally start eating somewhat healthy again. I won't be eating shit. So that'll be nice. And uh, it'll be it'll be nice to have another human being in the house. Matt, is the dog the nickname for your penis? Uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Also, on a completely unrelated note, I bought these cookies today that are essentially just two cookies smushed together with cream in the middle of them. And of course, I do this literally the day after or the same day the final episode of replay comes out in which I talked about how I never buy desserts for myself. So you know what? I think that was in the back of my head. My wife isn't here. I'm going to eat all the shit that I can the last day here. So I I bought these uh, delicious looking cookies. They're really good, but they were way too expensive. You did say cookies were the only dessert that you might buy for yourself. That's true. I did say that. So hold on. They, They aren't like Oreos or something like that. They're just like random brand cookies. No, yeah, they were at like the bakery section of the grocery store. And it's just like one is like a sugar cookie with sprinkles and one is a chocolate chip cookie in which half the cookie is dipped in like a fudge. And then so it's two of those cookies with like this Mm. whipped cream stuff in the middle. It's Mm. it's it's really good. And I'm sure terrible for myself. Good. And uh, I I need I need to make a change here at some point. (laughs) But for now, good as a treat for now, I'm going to enjoy this. Mike. The peak of your week. 
Yeah, so I've had a interesting week. I guess the peak would probably be on Saturday. I uh, <laughs> I had a friend come over. We went and had dinner and then came back and had a good night. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Oh, 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 all right. Very That's nice. Adult podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you've had a you had a good time. Wink, wink. Mike, nickname the dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to trending topics. In trending topics, I give our panelists a choice between three search terms. They have to tell me which term they think got the most searches in the United States over the last seven days via stats from Google Trends. We're gonna play three quick rounds here. Round one. Why do dogs bark? <laughs> why do cats meow? And why do cows moo? This, all these questions have slowly started sounding like... Like something a four-year-old would have to answer? Just the dumbest shit. I love it. <laughs> I feel like it's it's got to be why do cats meow, right? People don't understand cats enough. Yeah, you know why a dog barks, but people like me constantly look up, why is my cat doing insert mm-hmm. stupid fucking thing? Like like when they go to the window and they stare yeah. out and see a bird and they make that <laughs> like noise chittering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. I think it's cats meow too. I'm I'm totally on that. Yeah, it's the cats meow. I mean, I think you're right. I don't know why you would search the other two. All right. The answer is why do cats meow? Look at us. Cats meow. It it just barely beat why do bo- why do bogs dark why do dogs why are bogs dark I don't know why why is Wade Boggs never mind <laughs> why do dogs bark was was number two close number two round two how to eat hot dogs <laughs> what you're you're fucking stupid how dude. to eat sushi <laughs> and how to eat insects okay. So how to eat hot dogs is just some fucking idiot. I ain't no way like someone's actually Googling that in earnest. I guess how else would they be eating it? Are, are they eating it like as a normal person should from the end of the dog? Or are they just like going in the middle like a savage? Maybe they're wondering about the cooking process, but they're writing like how to eat hot dogs. But they mean like how to cook hot dogs because there's a lot of ways to do it. Could be. I think it's got to be sushi. It's sushi. It's got to be people, sushi. People are, because bugs, obviously, I don't know how to eat bugs either, but it's not as popular. And sushi is famously hard to eat for people who don't know what they're doing. Exactly. It's like, what, what do I, how do I pick this up? I'm also going sushi. The answer, how to eat sushi. Absolutely. Not even close. Although how to eat insects was number two uh, and not nice. too far away, yeah. but it, it wasn't particularly close. Hot dogs are pretty basic. I, I'm sure I'm not the only person on this panel who has cooked hot dogs before by essentially taking the hot dog, putting water in a Tupperware, putting the hot dogs in the Tupperware and putting it in the microwave, right? I'm that's not an interesting, that's that's an interesting strategy. What I do is I just poke a bunch of holes in the wiener on a plate mm. and just shove that in the microwave and it kind of splits a bit, <laughs> but there's no water. It just kind of just is fine. Works for veggie dogs, works for everything. But yeah, hot dogs are easy. You just dunk, you know, dip it in some water and slide it down your gullet. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> like a duck. Yeah. I only eat my hot dogs entirely intact. Duck style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Round three. What is the sun? What is the moon? And what is Mars? Who are these people? That, what? <laughs> I... They're all stupid. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure, right? But like someone's Googling them, obviously. They all have 
pits. Like I'm sure. Not I'm saying what is the sun? I bet none of them have a lot. Sun, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I generally agree. I think it's what is the sun because people are just out. What's the big bright thing in the sky? You know, someone's gonna say, "Oh, the sun's a planet," and then someone's gonna be like, "No, it's a star," and then Google it. And what is the sun? That's good deduction. Yes. I think people are obsessed with the moon. I I don't know. I'm gonna say what is the moon? I don't I don't want to tie a game at the end of this. So what is the moon for for Alex for a hundred? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> the answer. What is the sun? What is the sun? Yeah. What is the moon wasn't too far behind, but uh, it was definitely what is the sun by a decent margin. So if we all got them all right and everything was tied, does that mean that Matt loses? No, I always win this game. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. You're <laughs> even playing the game. No, I always win. Though. I always win. Trending oh, okay. topic. What we've discussed right. trending topics isn't a mini game on this show. Yeah, we've, we've discussed because I, those. we discussed because I was winning too often <laughs> and then you decided that that wasn't. Yeah, we didn't want that. Yeah. No, we can't have that. Let's move on to the big question. <laughs> it's like the equivalency of a college, what is your major icebreaker? <laughs> yeah. Except for a gaming podcast. And, <laughs> exactly. I'm just really good at it. So and a, there is an objective <laughs> right answer, but it's fine. <laughs> In 2019, Sony skipped E3 for the first time. This decision left many of us to wonder if this was officially the beginning of the end of E3. The following year in 2020, E3 was fully canceled, along with many other large gatherings for obvious reasons. This marked the first year without an E3 since 1995. Then last year in 2021, E3 came back, but as a fully virtual online-only event with plans to return to normal the following year. This past January, the plans were changed and the ESA announced that E3 would be going all digital once again. However, two months later, on the last day of March, E3 2022 was completely canceled altogether. So this now marks two outright canceled E3 events over the last three years, and at best, three straight years without a physical E3 presence. If people thought the conference was near its end in 2019, it's certainly on life support now. With that said, quote-unquote E3 season still persists. In 2020, Jeff Keighley swooped in with Summer Game Fest to pick up the slack, and his new event will now be going on its third straight year. On June 2nd, between the recording of this and the posting of this episode, Sony will have had their State of Play presentation. On June 9th, we're getting a Summer Game Fest showcase, and on June 12, we're getting the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase and the PC Gaming Show, and many more events are expected to spring up throughout the summer. So, Although E3 itself may be fading away, E3 season, though going through changes, is alive and well. So, here's the question. What do we see happening to E3 as an event going forward, and do these new changes, specifically with Summer Game Fest, make for a satisfactory replacement? And what are our big predictions and desires for the upcoming shows this summer? Paul, we're going to go to you first. What do we see happening to E3 as an event going forward, especially with Summer Games Fest? Is this going to be a, a good replacement, do you think, if, that, if, if E3 is not coming back? And what are your big predictions and desires? God, this is a lot of questions. So let's try to break it down. First off, I just want to say shout out for saying uh, Jeff Keighley swooped in. Yeah. Because I imagined him like a large carrion bird just kind of sliding <laughs> in. Uh, swooping down and like kind of biting at the rotting corpse of E3. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In a hot, hot 
summer games heat. And also, fun fact, vultures cool themselves down by pooping on their own legs. It's kind of like built-in AC. Whoa. All right, but... Uh, that is not something I expect to mm. see at Summer Games Fest because, as we know, uh, <laughs> Jeff Keighley is not. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Keighley, they're not allowed. Jeff Keighley is not a scavenging bird. He is a human man. Uh, and <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. Ultimately, uh, what was the first question? What do we see happening going forward? I think E3 is donezo. I don't know enough about ESA and the background of the of the organization and if they have the funds or like the pull to be able to bring stuff back like that. I think the best way they could even really have a proper comeback is like making deals, maybe making a deal with someone like Jeff Keighley or some like a bigger player at this point in the presentation space to maybe get them back. But I mean, major companies, they're losing them all the time. They lost Microsoft. They lost Sony. They, they've, they've lost Nintendo. Uh, you know, there's not really enough going on at E3 anyway. It's basically what Summer Games Fest is. And Jeff's got the deals three years in a row. I just can't imagine that E3 really can do anything. So ultimately with that event specifically, I don't think there's anything going on. However, I think people are a little bit, I think this year finally we're starting to see people kind of call it E3 week and accept that it's still happening. I feel like the last couple of years we've still had announcements and to me it felt like everything was still happening that week, but people were like, oh, E3 is done. It's just like a bunch of different random shows. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter where the shows are coming from. They're still, it's still the same week or month in June. Like it's still that same month that kind of gives you that same feeling. Um, but this year they're really making a concerted effort, I think, uh, to all kind of happen around that same week. I think with the official yeah. cancellation of E3, some of these other companies, you know, even Sony who wasn't going to have a presence is starting to kind of, you know, they've, they've had a, a state of play now. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, uh, during June and during this first couple of weeks. So that's kind of zeroing in. I also think Jeff might have some better deals up his sleeve, uh, with the past few years and how he's been playing that, especially without E3 existing at all. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's good. I, I don't think it needs to all be at the same conference. It no longer is a physical thing, you know, in the same sense, we don't need to have a physical conference. Obviously, jour you know, journos and stuff want to have a place to go and, interact right. but a lot of that stuff now happens online it can happen online especially with something like video games especially in 2022 like maybe in future years we might see a physical conference again but it's certainly not something that needs to happen so yeah ultimately i think this stuff is awesome for me it doesn't really have a big effect and i think you know everyone's starting to realize that these couple weeks are really important for marketing uh so they're they're doubling down on them so that's awesome in my opinion Big predictions and desires. Well, hold off though. on the predictions. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh, uh, we're getting to that later. later. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I just That's... I just decided just now. We'll get to that after. That's awesome. Break it up. So I think you make a really good point in that for people like us and for just like fans, it doesn't really matter when these things happen because it's going to be the same experience either way. But I do think for for industry people, it, it it's probably a little bit sad that things are going away. Although I think some of them are happy because it was always a, a big busy week and a lot of travel and stuff like that. So I'm sure some people aren't totally upset that it's going seemingly going away, but I'll give my take here now as well. I like you, Paul, I think E3 as we knew it in the late 2010s is pretty much done. I think the ESA must have seen the writing on the wall in late March and they just finally made the decision to just end the conference. I do think and this goes back to what I was just sort of saying that an industry wide wide conference still does need to exist. I'm not sure where things go from here, though. It might just be that E3 reverts back to being a smaller event, more for the developers and the publishers and the media, sort of like how the e how the invite only judges week was, uh, but making it so that's basically just what E3 is. 
And then these other showcases led by these publishers themselves can take over for the fan facing front of things. So for us, it would feel like really no changes. But if we still have a smaller E3 that's invite only for the media, they can go do their thing. They can have their essentially like their trade show uh, for the developers and the publishers. And, And it can be normal for them. And then the fans, you know, if we get our streams or we get our Nintendo Direct, our State of Play, our Bethesda and Xbox showcase, like that's fine. It's not going to feel any different. Josh, let's go to you next. What are you thinking about E3 going forward? I mean, I think it's dead in the water. I think it's I I am more so upset that it's dead in the water because I have so many fond memories of watching E3, getting excited to like not necessarily take time off work, but oh, I happen to have an off day today when I was working in retail, or oh, I could maybe catch this in between classes in college. Like, it was super satisfying to be able to watch that and kind of see see it all go down. It was, it was really, really nice. That said, uh, I do really like what Keeley has done. I will say, and this may be uh, just recency bias, but I feel like Jeff's concerts, or concerts, Jesus Christ, his, <laughs> uh, his uh, whoa, shout out, we are the Jeff Keelian band. Uh, no, I feel like They've had more stinkers as far as like announcements go uh, than E3 ever did. Don't get me wrong, E3 had them. I mean, 100%. But Keeley and Co., I feel like every, the, their problem is like their marketing and like putting everything out there. And I feel like all of their stinkers have been like, all right, it's a world premiere. Oh, oh, it's nothing special at all. What is, what is this? This is terrible and awful. I'm uninterested in this at all. So I mean I think it's basically done for, but I'm I'm glad Keeley is is kind of leading the charge, all things considered, though, because it's nice to almost have a guy that can single handedly focus on what is coming into the conference and what's going to be going out to people uh, through the conference. So that's uh that's going to be good. Oh, Paul has something to say. I, finish your point if you want to. I just had no, some, no, I just some rebuttals that I, I just wanted to bring up really quick. I, just I, am, brought... I am rambling at this point. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say when you were saying a thing about like, I, I had the same experience. Like when I was in retail, it'd be like, oh, I'm going to be off just in time to watch the show or college, same kind of stuff, right? But I think there's still a lot of good shows. They're just not on the E3 portal website. But I mean, like there's still going to be a PlayStation thing. There's going to be a Microsoft thing. There's going to be the PC gaming show. There's going to be Summer Games Fest content. So there's going to be shows. It's just not going to be all in one company, one heading. Um, but I, I I don't know. I think that's important to, to note because there's still going to be stuff. That's why I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. It's kind of just broken up a little bit, which is interesting. Uh, and I will say really quickly, when you're talking about Summer Games Fest having stinkers, I agree. And I think I think it's interesting to consider that maybe a big part of that is the the consolidation we're seeing from a lot of these big companies buying up all the good studios and putting them all under one umbrella and then giving them a ton of money and saying, yeah, make something really great. And that's why we're seeing Microsoft like stagnating forever on making a good game uh, because, you know, they're putting a lot of money, whatever, whatever. The point is a lot of these studios are taking their sweet time and development's taking longer on games. And people said, hey, we don't want cinematic trailers. We show us something when there's actually something to show us. And so now I think we're just like getting less good stuff, especially at like a third party conference that isn't owned by one of the main one of the main huge publishers. So yeah, it's just all kind of like this perfect storm to make a bunch of stinkers. And like I feel like Jeff really doesn't have a lot of people to reach out to that aren't like, we'll just do it at our own show. So that does kind of suck. I also feel like part of that is the first two years of Summer Game Fest were in such a wild time with the pandemic and everything and companies probably wanting to keep things close to the chest they didn't know if they wanted to 
especially that first year with Summer Game Fest. They're probably like, we don't really know what this is. We we trust Jeff Keighley, but we don't really know what this show is. E3's not here this year. Like, what is happening? I'm sure companies were all just very confused with the situation and, and when they wanted to announce things. I think going forward, Summer Game Fest, it is a thing now. Like, it is going to be a big show going forward, I think. And so I think that makes it much more likely for us to see bigger games at that. But again, all these companies, like Paul said, there's been a lot of uh, consolidation and they're all going to have their own stuff. So like the next Call of Duty is going to be at like a Microsoft show in the future. And, and so, so like it's not going to show up in, in some other random press conference. So we still have like Ubisoft is going to do their own thing. EA, which we know they canceled EA Play Live this year. So their stuff is going to show up in Summer Game Fest, probably if they have anything to show, which the reason they canceled their show is because they said we don't really have much to show, which is fair. <laughs> so I, I don't know. But Mike, let's get your thoughts on this whole E3 thing in Summer Game Fest. I think it's more like what you said, Matt. I think E3 is just going to go back to the trade show that it was back in like the early aughts and it's not going to be the spectacle because if e3 wants to come back which i know they've said we'll be back next year like i don't see why they would want to become this show again because everyone else is already doing their own shows it's like why try to get those companies to come back you have to rent out the venues you have to get microsoft to get on a schedule for you to go on stage and reveal that, you know something like right it, it doesn't make any sense i don't know why they would want to anymore they can cut a lot of costs by just making it a trade show and honestly that's what they probably should do because it's important that the gaming industry has that outlet as far as summer games fest uh is concerned i think we have had stinkers from summer games fest and like the game awards and all this other shit because keely likes to hype up everything <laughs> and some things don't need to be hyped because there is no hype. I, that's more on their marketing side. I think everything that we have right now is fine. I think it's easier to find what you're looking for now than before. I personally, I don't care about the Sony state of play. Probably won't watch it, but that's just because I'm not probably not going to buy a game for my PS5 in a while. I mean, I guess... At most, I'll look after the show to see if they showed Spider-Man or any amount of Wolverine or anything like of interest, but I'm not going to watch it. Whereas like, I'll probably watch the Xbox and Bethesda showcase because I want to see what the hell they have for Starfield <laughs> and probably be really sad. I'm hoping I'm not sad, but um, you know, it, it lets you pick and choose, which is better. I think, I don't know. It was kind of annoying to have to go to E3 and figure out, okay, when is this person on center stage? When is this per like, when is this company presenting, et cetera, et cetera. It was, this is a lot more flexible for people like us that just want content and want to see what's coming out. And it lets you focus on what you want to focus on. And I think that's fine. I like that they're deciding that the first like two weeks of June is going to be video games. I think that's smart. I think that's good. I'm excited for it. That's all I really have to say. Yeah, I, I I really do like like whatever happens with E3. I really like having that period of time, that first or second week in June, whatever it is, where everyone has announcements and they bring them to the table. I do like having that. I do think like there's there's a there's a hype and an energy around that that I really do hope sticks around. So let's get into some predictions here. I'll go first. 
predictions and desires, what we want to see, even if, if it might not be a realistic prediction. So first off, for the, the PlayStation State of Play, they're saying it's going to have a really big PSVR 2 focus. It's going to be PSVR 2 and like third-party stuff. So it, we're not going to see first-party stuff most likely here. I think that's what they're saying. And, and by the way, this will already have happened by the time this episode is out. So <laughs> some of this stuff will be outdated. But I really want to get a good glimpse into seeing what they're working on with PSVR 2. I hope we see some of the games. Maybe that Horizon Call of the Mountain. My big hope, though is that they announced Half-Life Alex for PSVR 2. I really hope that's the case. I think it's sort of a pie-in-the-sky sort of prediction, but I do think that would single-handedly sell not only me on the console, no questions asked, but it would sell many others on the, the PSVR 2 as well. And so I really do hope that, that that's the case. I mean, Half-Life Alex is probably the best VR game that exists. Probably. I, I mean, there there aren't a ton of really good VR games, so I do think Half-Life Alex is probably the best one out there. Apparently, they're also going to be showing off, like I said, some third-party stuff, and I think it's going to make sense for us to see Final Fantasy 16 here at this point. And again, that's another game that I'm really excited in seeing because I, I liked Final Fantasy 15, but at the same time, I'm excited to go back to all the, the more medieval-themed stuff. And I know this one is being led by um, you know, the, the people who led Final Fantasy 14. So there's a lot to be excited about. And then for the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase, I think we're going to get a big Todd Howard walkthrough of Starfield. I think we're going to see a lot of Redfall gameplay as well. I want to see Fable and Avowed, but I'm not totally confident making that prediction that we're going to see them just yet, especially Fable. I think it's unlikely that we see Fable as much as I want to. And then for Summer Games Fest and others, and what I, I'm very curious about this because I think this game is coming out sooner than we expect. I want to see what the latest iteration of Skull and Bones looks like. I'm so curious. I don't, I, I, part of me thinks like Ubisoft isn't even going to show it much at all and there's, they're just going to send it out to die because like they contractually have to release this game, but they don't give a shit about it. But part of me also feels like Ubisoft because of who they are, are going to be weirdly like try to, to to give this confident look upon this game. Like they're going to be like, look, the Skull and Bones, it's actually going to be really cool. Like you can do all this stuff and they're, they're going to have this big blowout and, and everyone's going to be like, no, this looks like shit, dude. <laughs> like this doesn't look good. You're telling us it looks good. It doesn't look good. I could see Ubisoft doing that. Like it, it feels like a hyperscape type thing. I don't know. I'm just very curious about this game. But Josh, what are some of the things that you are predicting or you want to see? this summer you know it's funny enough i i didn't even consider the starfield walkthrough and god i hope we get one. Oh, totally we were talking in like just the group's uh, internal discord about todd howard's like fallout walkthrough and it literally gets me rock hard every fucking time <laughs> i love it so much and i want another one from him i want him to promise me the world and not deliver on any of them but i won't care i'll play it i'll sop it up like the degenerate sponge that i am i am so excited for that please give me that i'm hoping we get it i'm i'm sketchy on it now because they've probably been told by microsoft hey this isn't what we want push back on this we need some time to release this uh but i hope for it other than that though i really only have two which i these are more moonshots than anything else really this one i think is more realistic i feel like we could maybe get a tease of some elden ring dlc just to get an idea of maybe what's coming down the pipeline. 
uh, be it at Summer Games, probably Summer Games Fest. We may get to tease at some uh, Elden Ring DLC. And then, hopefully, God, please, I would love for that to be followed up by just like a shadow drop release date of like Bloodborne Remastered. Like, I want... Keep dreaming, blood- bud. Keep I dreaming. know it's never going to fucking happen, and I want <laughs> it so bad. They need to... Re- I don't give a shit if you don't release it on Xbox. I don't care. But, like, give me 60 FPS Bloodborne on PC, and I would love for them to release it, but that's my crapshoot. There's no way that's going to fucking happen. We're stuck with 30 FPS PS4 Bloodborne, but it is what it is. Mike, what are you expecting, and what are you hoping for? I'm expecting no Starfield to be there. I think, Same. Same, Mike. I think, really? Yeah, so with the Starfield getting delayed... It happened like a day after they showed Starfield off to Phil Spencer, and then they were just like, no, I think (laughs) they have to go back and revamp a lot. And if they show anything, it won't be like the Fallout walkthrough where they're just like, here's like the first 15 minutes of gameplay. It'll be the same shit that we've been seeing. Here's concept art. Here's maybe a fleshed (laughs) out like cinematic but like outside of that i don't see us getting gameplay i want gameplay i'd like to know what the hell this game is but um i don't i just don't see it happening i do i i want i want to make a bold prediction that avowed shows something skate three makes an appearance and or skate four skate four i think skate skate four and yeah that's basically all i've got I'm not really looking forward to a lot of I'm not like expecting or have like built up expectations about a lot of things. Um, I'm not like saying here like I, I feel like this this summer games fest, this summer game season is going to be hopefully a lot of surprises that I'm not expecting. Yeah. Than anything else. Uh we'll probably see more Do K V. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Time to see if our YouTube uh, channel will get a nice boost from V shitting again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, V. I haven't seen... I feel like I haven't seen anything about that since last year. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine with me. Paul, what are your hopes and dreams and realistic predictions? Listen, I'll keep it short and sweet. I yeah. want to be surprised. I oh. want to see stuff that I wasn't expecting. I also think it'd be cool to get a little bit more of a deep dive in all these games that keep getting pushed back to 2023. 2022 was supposed to be the year of games coming back post COVID. We're back, baby. Everyone can finally buy PS5s. They can buy Xbox Series Xs. Oh, wait. Uh, none of the games came out because everyone, because <laughs> yeah. everyone needed more time. So it would be cool to see some just deeper dives of that stuff. That being said, I don't know if we're going to get them. I think a lot of these games got pushed back because they had to be. We're not going to see Breath of the Wild 2 probably. We're not going to see. I really don't think we're going to see gameplay, really good, satisfying Starfield gameplay. Uh, I just think it's going to be kind of lackluster in that. But I just want some classic E3. Show me uh, show me just some cinematic trailers for some fucking crazy thing that I didn't know anyone was making. That'd be kind of fun. Why not? That's That's like the most I expect, though. I'm honestly like... I'm really, I have no expectations. This is going to be a weird one. Pie in the sky, though. Be cool if they made like a Sims 5. I don't really even play the Sims, but like I might on a Sims 5. So there you go. But that's never going to happen. EA already said we don't have anything to show. So (laughs) fuck it. (laughs) All right. Before we end this discussion, I want everyone to make a very bold prediction for an announcement or a reveal or something for this summer. I'll go first. 
we're going to see Bioshock 4. I don't know when, I don't know what conference it's going to be, but we are going to see Bioshock 4 this summer. Josh, what are you thinking? We're going to get to reveal the location for Elder Scrolls 6. Oh, hell yes. That would be awesome. Paul, what are you thinking? I think we're going to get like another big Marvel project announced. I have no idea what or what capacity, but we're getting a lot of like double A Marvel stuff. Avengers kind of shit the bed, but I think people are like the industry, the gaming industry was slow on getting on the Marvel train with MCU blowing up. And I think we're just going to keep seeing more projects piled up. We just saw that card game one. And uh, yeah, I think it's really possible we might see another big thing announced. So while Mike is thinking, a couple Marvel th- stories from this past week, the Marvel MMO was officially canceled this week. Some art was leaked for it. It was like Spider-Verse style. It would not have gone over well, I don't think. It, like it was, it was like an amateurish version of Spider-Verse art. It would not have gone over well with the gaming population. And then it also came out that Xbox was originally approached to do Marvel games and they declined that that opportunity. Not the greatest decision. Xbox said they wanted to focus on their own IP rather than doing Marvel games. That's going very well. Where's that perfect dark game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, your bold prediction for the summer. Mass Effect 4 trailer reveal. Hell I yeah. Hope. Fuck, I hope. God fucking damn it. That would be awesome. All right, let's move on to The Score is Right. In The Score is Right, I give our panelists a video game title, and they have to give me their best estimate for its Metacritic score based on the best scoring platform upon initial release. In this minigame, we use Price is Right rules, meaning the one who is closest to the correct score without going over will win. We play nine rounds, rotating the order in which our three panelists make their guesses for each round. The panelists with the most correct guesses at the end, or close guesses rather, I guess, wins all right round one we're gonna go or the order we're gonna go here is josh mike paul and then obviously we rotate through then mike paul josh and so on and so forth all right first game the simpsons hit and run oh god i thought this one got way more positive reception after the fact but then again no no no. people were little in it to begin with but it's probably not crazy enough to be really high it's gonna be like an 82 fuck we'll go 85 uh, I don't know, like 74. The correct score was 81. 81. Motherfucker. Oh, I was right there. <laughs> you were close. You were close. This is your game, too. You always get them right on. Oh, it's ridiculous. That's true. All right, round two. Mike going first. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck if I know. <laughs> 84. I'll go with an 84. All right, Paul. Yeah, I was going to say 83. I'm not going to now because I don't know if I'm going to get it bang on with an 83. That was just my my gut. I'm going to say I'll give Mike some wiggle room and I'll get bullish with it. I'm No, I don't know. I don't know if I can go be higher than 84. I'm going to say 79. Give me the 82. The actual score is ding, 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 ding. 84. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be high. That was good. I didn't think it'd be higher than that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next game, Paul Jurassic World Evolution. Two or just the original? The original. Oh, because see, two had that great commercial with uh, Jeff Goldblum. So (laughs) that really, that really (laughs) buoyed it. Um, I'm going to say 76. Oh, my God. I never even played this game. I don't even know what this is. There's dinosaurs in it. (laughs) 
79. Shockingly enough, there it's are dinosaur no dinosaurs. Zoo tycoon. <laughs> there's no dinosaur. Oh, no, interesting. It's just all Chris Pratt dressed up yeah. as a dinosaur. Yeah. I'm They're go so s- cool. <laughs> it's it's Chris Pratt and Sam Neill slash fiction is what the whole yeah, thing yeah. is. Yeah, it's uh Chris Pratt dresses up dressed up as a cow the kangaroo. <laughs> I'm gonna go KO. with 79. Oh, it's KO, that's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we got 74 and 79. I got 76. 76 and 79. Fuck. I have no idea. I'll say 70. I'll say 70. All right. The actual score, ding, 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 is 76. Damn. There it is. It was just a really middling game. (laughs) It's one of those things where I was like, are they going to make another one? And it's like, oh, they got Jeff Goldblum to do the commercial. Yeah, they'll do another one. All right. Next game, and Josh goes first on this, and let me know if you guys start to notice the trend for this one. Mm. Batman Arkham Origins. Oh, God. This feels like... I feel like this didn't get crazy reception, but it probably got pretty... Uh, 86. I never played it, but 86. My man is just out here with an 86. <laughs> Origins was probably the worst game of the C- series. Uh-oh. But it did. Some people really love some of the stories. Some people really liked it, but like I personally saw it was pretty lackluster. The problem was City existed. Yeah, this was the one that was done by Montreal, not Not Rocksteady. Not Rocksteady, which is why it was weird. I still think it did fairly well. It wasn't incompetent. It just wasn't amazing. I think City got like a 90 or 92 or something. I, I think it was much higher. 86 is a really good guess. I'm going to go 82. <sighs> well, this is where we get dirty with it. I'm going to say 83. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the actual score is... 76. Everyone's over. Oh, wow. Holy shit. That I was- thought of going lower. I should have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone that low, though. That's low. I feel like it's the first time you've had to make like a you suck noise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game. Star Wars. The Force Unleashed. Oh, um, well, well, it's not you, Josh. Josh, what's the score? I, I, Tell me. I should go away now. I just... <laughs> He's off to go play KO the Kangaroo. Uh, yeah. The Force Unleashed. It was good. I liked it. Yep. It was good fan fiction. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Perfect. Disney would agree with that. <laughs> hey, people think that uh, the guy in the back of the tank is Starkiller, which is kind of funny because that would make this kind of canon. But anyways, it wasn't a bad game. It did a lot no. of cool shit. I'm going to say... You don't need to defend the game. You just need to give me the score. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think of what they would have given it. No time for thinking. 87. God, that's high. Um, but here's the thing. This game was very hyped. Two was better, and there was a lot of interesting things they did with this, but there was a lot of hype around Force Unleashed, and it didn't... I lived up, and people were really into this game. 
it also they wouldn't shut up the fuck up about the havoc engine i can't re- believe i remembered the name of it but yep. it's because i saw so <laughs> many interviews they're like the havoc engine things can move individually with the force <laughs> it was cool uh i don't know 87 uh i'm gonna say god i wish i was third um <laughs> <laughs> don't we all i'm gonna say 83 78 yeah the actual score is 73 damn i knew it was low i knew it was low that's why i said damn. in the 70s i don't know it was that's that why i said i wanted low. to go third because i really wanted to pull a one dollar but i didn't want to do it before josh came in <laughs> <laughs> all right the next game yeah josh would have just said two if he yeah it would have been over <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, you know what's crazy? People do that on prices, right? They'll say one dollar when they're not the last person, and someone's be like two dollars. <laughs> like, That's no. crazy. Okay. Yeah, it's so bad. Next game is Enter the Matrix. It's me, right? Yeah. Uh, Enter the Matrix. I don't know. Pff, fucking. This is probably going to be like eighty-eight or some bullshit just to fuck with me. But I'm going to say sixty-two. Holy shit! This this is the one from like. Oh god! I, this is the oh god! It's old. It's old. It's, it's the old one. Okay, I got you. Because I played the fuck out of it. I'm going to go with like 81. What? Wow. Okay, that's my age. <laughs> I'm going I'm to do something dirty. Uh, 63. That's fair. The actual score is 65. Oh 65. my god. <laughs> yeah. I loved that game. It was fun back in the day when I didn't understand that games could be bad and I just played them. <laughs> You're like, every game I play must be good right, because it's yeah, yeah. made and it's fun and it's got the characters I like. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I have nostalgia for that game. I had it on GameCube, I'm pretty sure. All right. Next game. We have three more here. Mad Max. I don't fucking know. We're going to hit it with an easy 82. I have no clue. I'm with you. 70? I have no idea. This game was good. This game was surprisingly good, but it's not like amazing. It was just good considering it was a movie tie-in game that was... We're talking about the one that came after the the recent movie, the, the George Miller. Yeah. Correct. Um, I, I don't want to be a little bitch, but I'm going to say 71 because I think it's right in the middle there. The actual score is 73. 73. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. <laughs> you did it to me twice already. <laughs> did I? I only thought you only did it yes. once. No. Oh, no. I feel bad now. <laughs> All right. We have two left. What's the uh, what's the score looking like? Paul has three. I have two. Josh has none. All right. All right. <laughs> My game, by the way. Yes, uh, your chat. Epson chat. All right. Round, or I don't know whatever round this is, but next game. <laughs> You're written in front of you. Dragon Ball Fighters. Oh, my God. Who is it? This is you, it's Mike. you. Oh, great. <laughs> I'll fucking know. Um, 79, because I have no idea. <laughs> that's fair. I'm going to just pop out in like an 83. I'll give you some wiggle room here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I feel bad. The fighter game, $1. The actual score is Smart. 87. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters is a beloved game. What the fuck? Well executed game. It's a big Evo game, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. I'm taking some Comic Sans L's today, boys. <laughs> this is it. All right, and the final game, GoldenEye 007 2010. Oh, fuck off. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's me first, which is shit. Well, I can't lose, right? It's, I, I have the highest score by a lot. So I'm going to say 
<laughs> I'm going to say, uh, well, no, I'll, I'll make a fair guess. Let's see. 56. Uh, <laughs> why not? 69. Funny number. Nice. Because I ain't winning. What is this range? God fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to just say one, but I can't. I, wa- I, was, I almost thought it'd be funny to start out saying one, and then I thought it would be funnier to pick a weird number. <laughs> like, I think it might. Honestly, this game to me feels like a 56. <laughs> I don't even remember this game coming out in 2010. Like, yep. Um, I'm going one. I think it's below 56. Fuck it. $1. I think you might be onto it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The actual score is, and I shit you not, 81. What Let the fuck? In the goddamn. <laughs> what? Josh just got his one point. And my one point from this from dog 69. shit ass. <laughs> the, funny, the funny sex number has never failed. Here's the thing. This was, it was a Wii game. That then the next oh, year got got ported to PS3 and Xbox 360 as Reloaded. So I think right. those did poorly, but the Wii version actually scored pretty well. I forgot about the Wii version, and that makes more sense to me. Very very strange situation, and, and GoldenEye is a it's a weird game. No one knows where the rights to this game exist. They don't know like what is it? Uh, the James Bond production company is that Eon? Is that yes. so? Yes. No one knows like what, how much they own of it. No one knows how much Nintendo owns. No <laughs> yeah. one knows how much Rare owns. Like nobody knows where the GoldenEye 007 rights are right now. So it's all it's all very confusing. All right, let's move on to the water cooler. Congrats, congrats, Paul. Thank you very much. Let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. I'm gonna go right to you, right back to you, Paul, because you won, so you sure. get to go first. Oh, thanks. What a treat. Yeah. Tell us about what you've been playing this week. Uh, You know what? Not a ton of games. But what I have been playing a lot of is uh, something in the old Activision Blizzard launcher, but it's not World of Warcraft classic. It is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I'm playing a decent chunk of that this weekend, which has been a ton of fun. Playing with uh, Matt and I played a bunch. Josh popped in. We played on uh, Saturday night, which was a lot of fun. I This is the first Call of Duty I've ever purchased with my own money. I've never like... Like not even my parents, my like I never owned my own Call of Duty. I played at friends' houses ad nauseum for like hours and hours. Like in my twenties, constantly playing Call of Duty, but I never bought one. And so this is like a big deal for me. I just you know I got the urge. Uh, Matt and I tried playing Apex Legends, so I did play a bit of Apex Legends this weekend. Uh, I fucking hated it. Uh, <laughs> I, I initially was a little bit tipsy, and I was just like, "This game fucking sucks." Uh, and then I was like, "No, no, no! I'll give it some time. It's just not for me. It doesn't suck, obviously, but it is completely not for me. Uh, I just did not like it at all. I wish maybe I did. It'd be cool. It's it's in the zeitgeist for sure. But and maybe I, I probably if I put some time into it, I might find things I like about it. But I'm just not looking for that investment right now. Let and, me just uh, let me butt in real quick on this because I felt the same way. Yeah, I. <laughs> I want to like Apex Legends, and I think it's a very, very good game. It's just totally yeah. not for me because I have I have difficulty with hero shooters to begin with, and when you mix like BR and hero shooter, it just becomes something that I'm just like, like I I don't want to put in the time to learn all the characters in a in, in a BR setting of a hero shooter. And I understand how like that's like people who actually do that, like that's high level shit. And I totally understand how this is way up someone's alley and and why Mike likes it. I totally get why people like Apex Legends. It is just not for me. 
yeah, like I, I'm just a stupid idiot. And so for me, I'm not interested in learning anything. I just want to make <laughs> gun go shoot. Yeah, and exactly. so that, that fun apex hard. Uh, I had to learn things. I didn't even know how my own skills worked. I had to probably like Google it. Uh, I barely wanted to do that. Like League of Legends is like already like, that's like more, that's like the most I've ever researched in a game to like be reasonable at. And I'm still shit at it. And even then I'm like, this is too much research. Um, so, you know, not for me, but uh, it did give us both a huge itch to play Warzone. And then we want, I was like, I really want to play Team Deathmatch. And so I bought the 50% off sale on Modern Warfare. I had a total blast. I'm having such a good time with that game. Uh, I've been really, really hyped to play Modern Warfare 2. Like obviously when we hear more about that later this year, but, you know, I've been thinking like, oh, I really want to play like a Call of Duty in the meantime. I thought Modern Warfare would be too old and we wouldn't get any matches or something. And I keep hearing people like, I think tryhards <laughs> be like, it's bugged. It's not fun anymore. There's too, it's too like, uh, I don't know. People are always like, it's like imbalanced or something. I don't know. I've been having a total blast and a lot of fun. So yeah, that, that's been the highlight of my gaming week, actually, honestly. It's been really cool and it's fun to just like rip some COD and like just like log on and fuck around for a little bit. It's really satisfying. I'm fine at it, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah, I think that's all I've played this week. Like, honestly, like I have not been playing. I don't even remember what I did last week after work every day, which is sad. That's like, don't anyone listening to this? Don't ever let yourself get into a point where you forget what last week was like. But I legitimately <laughs> do. So, um, yeah, if I remember anything else that I played, I'll let you know. But I'm pretty sure it was just COD. Uh, I do have a hankering to maybe try playing Jedi Fallen Order still. So I'll let you yeah, know if that ends up happening next week. But uh, as it stands... Uh, the COD install has dominated my hard drive right now. <laughs> yeah, the sequel just announced this week, Jedi or Star Wars Jedi Survivor. They had a CG trailer, which I, I believe the actor's name is Cameron Monaghan. Yep. Monaghan. I know him mostly from Shameless, uh, but obviously he, he did a great job in Fallen Order. And the CG version of him was so lifelike. It was it was wild at first. Like when I first saw it, I was like, is he like live action in this? I don't know because it looks so much like him. It was crazy, but excited about that one. And I'll just jump in here with what I've been playing because I've been playing COD with Paul. And the Modern Warfare multiplayer specifically is just so easy to jump in and have a good time. COD is it's one of it's the only shooter where I personally can jump into multiplayer after like months or years of not playing Call of Duty and start doing pretty well after a few matches of, of getting warmed up. I don't know what it is. I don't know if that's a general thing for all Call of Duty players, or if it's just because I played a lot of Call of Duty growing up. I don't know maybe if that's the reason, but whatever the case, it was really fun. Paul and Josh and I played this 3v3 snipers only mode that was really fun and created really funny moments. Um, we were like... Me very mediocre at it, which part which led to some of the hilarity. We were, you know, you can totally tell when you're going up against some some people who are way better than you at it. But uh, it's always fun winning a couple rounds on them and just imagining how angry they they are probably getting. It's a good time. Uh, but I'm also playing Skyrim still. I'm still loving it. Weirdly though, I think I've actually gotten this far in the game before. I just did the Thalmor Embassy quest. And I remember doing that back in the day. I think that's maybe where I quit last time, but I'm not sure. Uh, and by the way, for the Thalmor Embassy quest, it seems like the point is to sneak through the entire embassy. But that was literally impossible. So anytime I entered the same room as that first guard, even if they weren't looking my way, I was crouched, they immediately noticed me. 
So I just, I just fought my way through the whole thing, which was fine. I'd rather brute force my way through the whole thing, cutting everyone down anyway. It's just more fun for me that way. I looked up the mission later online. There, there was someone who was like, they're like, I have level 82 sneak. I used a, a muffling spell. I used invisibility. And I, cu- I even couldn't sneak through this. So I don't, I don't understand why they clearly want you to sneak through the embassy when it's essentially impossible, it seems like. I don't really understand that, but it was a good time anyway. My way was uh, more fun, I think, than sneaking through the whole thing anyway. And then I also accidentally started the Dragonborn DLC, <laughs> sailed over to the, <laughs> the Solthheim, the Morrowind area. Uh, I told some friends, including Josh, about how I thought the area was was kind of cool. It was cool to see the Morrowind stuff. And then they told me it's DLC content. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll come back later. I think it was Josh. I think it was you that said, I think that's high level DLC. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, rain <laughs> check on this one. I'll come back. But I'm just continuing the story a bit. I, 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 find, I find it really funny how the main quest line in, in Skyrim is like, Here's your next quest. By the way, it's on the entire other corner of the map. So have fun getting there. Figure it out. It's going to take you a while. I don't really know why they designed it like that, but they did. Uh, so I'm kind of just dealing with that. I have to go to Riften now. That's my next quest. And I it, it's so far from any other place I've been. <laughs> so uh, that'll be another adventure. And then the final point that I have about Skyrim is that one thing I've noticed is that the game is really easy which is fine because we we all know how much i like my power fantasy and games like these but i don't i don't remember it being super easy i'm playing on normal which is what i assumed i've played on in the past i might have even played on easy in the past but the game feels way more easy than i expected i don't really maybe josh you have something to say on that i I, it just it, it feels much more easy than i expected i don't i don't know why uh maybe i'm doing something wrong i don't know yeah, between uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls, I find that hard is probably the most ideal difficulty because okay. they do damage to you. They hurt, but they also don't feel like sponges like they do on very hard because right. you'll like load up a motherfucker with like an entire like mini like a minigun clip or an entire like, you know, 48 like arrows or something <laughs> like on very hard. Hard to me is like the best way to play, but Honestly, normal is not too terrible either because you still get like a lot of the fun with sneaking and being right. able to use your spells and all that kind of stuff. So let's stick with you while we're at it and you tell us a little bit about what you've been playing this week. Oh boy, golly gee willikers. I've played so much this weekend just because it's the uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, but I'm going to keep it down to three games just to, you know, in the interest of time because I could go on about all the crazy shit I played this week. <laughs> I've played Fallout 76 again. <laughs> And I don't know why, but I've actually had a blast with it. I think more so it's because I really like the setting of Fallout 76. The game is not great. I will freely admit that. Don't get me wrong. But the music is great. The vibe is wonderful. And the atmosphere is one of my favorite settings for a Fallout game. Like Appalachia and it being in West Virginia is just nostalgic for me. Uh, Just from vacationing up, you know, around the Appalachian Mountains all the time. Like it just, it, that, it holds a special place in my heart, so I naturally enjoy it for that. And it, it's not like the game is just horrible, awful, but it's just not great. So it's 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 an IP I like, so I can get into it and enjoy it. And so far, I still am. It, all the updates they've added with the NPCs and uh, DLC have been really, really nice and, and added a lot to the world. Call of Duty Modern Warfare has been a goddamn blast. Oh, yeah. 
be it in a campaign or the multiplayer we played. I, I'm honestly pissed that I didn't play it more when it came out. Like I, I was way too much of a sweaty fucking nerd then. Like I'm still sweaty now, but way less so back then when it came out. It, it's really, really nice to just go back and play it because it really is probably the best multiplayer we've had uh, as far as Call of Duty goes in a hot minute. Because uh, Cold War was just mid. Vanguard, I can't even comment on because the one beta I played was just shit. I want to hear about some of your experience with the campaign because I really like the campaign in Modern Warfare. So far, I'm enjoying it. I haven't gotten far, but I like I like that they haven't strayed away from it just being dark as fuck. Right. Like, they, like immediately, right. they hit you with just, all right, you see this child? All right, they're now exploded. It's like, <laughs> okay, interesting. It, it, it's really good. I like it a lot. It, it's it's not... I feel like they respectfully followed the Modern Warfare style like storytelling where they have a really basic general plot line that they're following, but then they add in all these like hot and salacious like moments throughout Ooh. without it like <laughs> without it like copying the, you know, Modern Warfare 2 scene where you just gun down an entire airport. Right. Uh, but it, but it, it is really nice. Um then I uh, beat Mass Effect 2 from the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Nice. I mean, this is, I think, my third playthrough of beating Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is goaded with the sauce. It is the best Mass Effect game. It is not particularly fucking close. All of the characters in Mass Effect, like 2 in particular, are just so fucking good. And they do enough to like differentiate the gameplay from like the first Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2 that it like keeps you ingrained and interested throughout the entire thing. I just, I love Mass Effect 2. I had a blast with it. I'm in Mass Effect 3 now. I'm playing it currently. Uh, the gameplay is better in Mass Effect 3 uh, just because it's faster and newer. But uh, characters and general vibe of Mass Effect 2 is probably just the best in the franchise, honestly. I need to. I just need to play Mass Effect do at it. some point. I really do. I, I'm worried about it feeling outdated. And part of me wants to jump into Mass Effect with Andromeda. <laughs> no. But I feel like that's Andromeda, a bad decision. I jumped into Mass Effect with Andromeda, and I had a nice time, actually. Now, I only played like 10 hours of it, but I was enjoying it more than people make it sound like. But I've never played the other ones, so I don't know. I have played 80 hours of Andromeda. Jesus. A lot of Andromeda, because I wanted to make it work. And my general consensus after all of that is, fuck that game, it sucks <laughs> shit. If there was a wastewater treatment plant for video games, it would be Mass Effect Andromeda. It is so fucking bad. And it's a shame, too, because like the combat's great, but just the characters. like That's the thing. Mass Effect is made up of its characters, your character interactions. You can remember specific interactions you have with this character, this character. And Mass Effect Andromeda, it's like I'm interacting with fucking characters made out of Play-Doh. They are just the most uninteresting. Uh, excuse me, Kumail Nanjani was in that game? Oh, and... my God. <laughs> How could I forget? Or that... <laughs> I don't even remember who the other guy. Oh, that loathsome cunt Liam. Like awful, <laughs> terrible person. Jesus fucking. Uh, it's just like they so clearly wanted to like follow the uh, follow the formula of like the Mass Effect trilogy. And they just fumbled the bag the entire way. It's pretty impressive how bad they fumbled it, actually. The uh, the reboot for Mass Effect or whatever it is that's coming next can't come soon enough because I, I am really excited for it. Mike, what'd you play this week, my friend? Absolutely nothing. This is the first time that I have loaded up my computer in a week. So, wow, that's a good thing though. Getting getting a little disconnected. That's all right. That's all right. All right. Let's move on to audience 
questions every week. We address audience questions, comments, or concerns. We take questions from our supporters on Patreon at patreon.com. So it's good night groups where you can leave your questions in the comments section of the previous episode's post. The $1 tier will get you access to these submissions. We also take submissions at gamegroups at gmail.com and by adding us on Twitter, but our patrons receive priority. This first question, this comes from a photographer who works exclusively on gimmicky calendar photo shoots. <laughs> a photographer. <laughs> who works exclusively on gimmicky calendar <laughs> photo shoots. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. What, thank you. Matt, what's the latest gimmicky calendar photo shoot? I don't know, probably some like uh, fireman or something. Oh, yeah, okay. Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> the current, tr- uh, so here's the question. The current trend seems to be to move away from annualized franchises. Assassin's Creed, PES football, now known as eFootball, Call of Duty, and now others. Now known as shit. Yeah have already transitioned away from it or are planning to do so. However, what is a series that could actually work as an annualized franchise? Josh, let's go to you. What's a series that could actually work in an annualized format? I'm going to be quick with it. Give me Forza. Just go to a new area every single time. You can keep... Let's be honest. That's what they do already. It just takes them like three years every time. Exactly. (laughs) It's like just... Put us in a new spot. Like, I want to just, like, go across the United States. Throw me on fucking Ontario. Like, put me, <laughs> like, anywhere. Put me in Japan. That would be absolutely wonderful. And I get that there's probably a lot of logistics and difficulties of doing that. Nah. But, good. I mean, it's, you know, it's just cars. Like, you know, you load up a couple <laughs> cars. You put those bad boys in there. Put, like, oh, you put the 77 Ford Mustang in there? Fuck it. Here's a 76. Like, oh, you put the 76 Pinto, here's the 77. You know what you do instead, Josh, is you just have a couple, you have a few cars, and then you just get doubles or triples of them, and that's it. That's how they do it. <laughs> there you go. Probably yeah, doubles best, are safe. Best yeah. thing to do. But yeah, give me a Forza a release on a yearly basis, because I already only play it for like at two weeks at most when it comes out anyways. And Yeah, <laughs> they're definitely making it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> It's funny that you say that because Need for Speed at one point was not maybe quite annualized, but pretty close to it. I do think it's an interesting idea because if you get the the feeling of racing the cars down right, which they have, you just keep that and you maybe just add on to the area that people can explore every year. I think that would be a decent way to do things. But clearly, clearly, it seems what they want to do with Forza is a really highly crafted experience which is which is also really good but yeah it is an interesting idea for an annual franchise paul what about you what are your thoughts on this um my thoughts just based on already i was going to say this but josh just doubled it down for me which is no games uh don't try to make games every year the reason that these other games are going non-yearly is because it's terrible but that being said um here's my pitch for a game that should be yearly take hogwarts legacy and rip it up into yearly pieces and make it come out over the next seven years uh, where each year is a year you spend at Hogwarts. They already have the world. They have the castle. They have everything. Just add new quests and content every time and have you level up in DLC. And there you go. It's probably going to last the entire PS5, Xbox Series X generation. And it'll become like a cultural touchstone of everyone getting the new Harry Potter game every year for the next seven years. Hmm. Interesting. I'll go now because mine's actually kind of similar. Kind of like how the MCU has movies coming out all the time. 
I think you could create an annualized franchise out of really cinematic games. They have to be short games, like two, two to four hours, maybe some 30 or 40 bucks a pop. Maybe it tells this continuous story or, or maybe it's episodic. Telltale sort of did this with their episodic releases of full games. Um, and then Life is Strange, similarly, it was episodic. I'm also thinking sort of like something like Uncharted, but every year is a new short adventure and experience. You know, something like a pulpy action where the story, yeah, you can have a through line on the story, but it doesn't really matter. It's really just about being in a new place, having a new adventure, uh, hunting a new treasure, that sort of thing. I think you could do something like that. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is actually sort of what Supermassive is trying to do with the Dark Pictures anthology. So they are actually, this is actually, I guess, being attempted right now. And uh, not to amazing results, but but it's hit and miss so far. Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts towards Paul, I don't want to pay like $500 to play Hogwarts Legacy, so please no. <laughs> yes, but WB wants you yeah, to pay $500 <laughs> towards playing Hogwarts Legacy. They can do that through microtransactions. That's fine. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with everyone. Annualized games suck ass. But um, I'm going to say, you know, we haven't had a new installment for a while, and I feel like they could do annualized bloons tower defense oh why can't we get a new one every year i feel I was like that's the same easy. thing <laughs> yeah that's easy and they don't come out with enough of them and it's a real switch doesn't even have bloons td6 on it like let's what? go i mean to be fair it's a little taxing for the switch but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's actually that's like legitimate i know it's a it's a silly answer you're you're memeing on us but it's actually a good answer Tower defense games could totally work that way. Bloons is tower defense, right? That's what the TD stands for? It, yes. it is. Okay. No, actually, it stands for uh, total domination. Oh, yeah. Oh, daddy. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's move on. To, speaking of which, to bang, marry, kill <laughs> video game edition. In BMK video game edition, each group is assigned to another group prior to recording. That group must then create a list of three games, franchises, developers, publishers, etc., for the assigned roof, the list is presented live during recording, and then the fellow group must decide which of the options they're going to bang, marry, or kill. Bang, you get one night with this choice, one lovely night. Marry, you must engage with this choice daily, and kill, you never get to engage with this choice ever, including future releases. This week's parameters were pre-2000s games. So at this point, very much retro games, pre-2000s. This week, Paul and I are partnered up, and Mike and Josh are partnered up. Let's go to Mike first. Let's have you present to Josh to begin with. Oh, boy. I've got three of your favorite <laughs> franchises, so we'll just go through them. Uh, Warcraft, Humans and Orcs. Oh, Jesus. All right. Medal of Honor, the first <laughs> one. It was made by DreamWorks, which is really funny. Ah, uh, Shrek. And last but not least, Fallout. Jesus Ooh. H. This is actually good, really good options. Uh, re good answer. Um, fuck. Okay, I'm keeping Warcraft. Uh, I'll keep Warcraft as a uh. Mm, fuck. Actually. Oh my god. A lot of a lot of replayability with Warcraft. I'm gonna marry Warcraft. Ooh. Naturally, good. naturally, naturally. It's my it's my baby girl. Marriage is all about replayability. If, if you get what I mean. <laughs> the dog is loose. <laughs> 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 
this is becoming toxic before our very eyes. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and much like Blizzard. Uh, so I'm going to bang. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to bang uh, Fallout. And I'm going to kill Medal of Honor because it's already fucking dead. So Yeah. Yeah. It's dead in the dirt. <laughs> Never coming back. Although, is that... Didn't Medal of Honor have a VR game like a year or two ago? Yes. Uh, it was made by Respawn. Oh, wow. And it, I remember it not doing well <laughs> at all. <laughs> Probably because it was on an Oculus. All right, Paul, I'm going to give you your options now. Hell yeah. Your pre-2000s games are GoldenEye 007, the original, not the uh-huh. 2010. Uh-huh. Super Mario 64, and uh-huh. all of the 90s Sonic games. Jesus. Okay. Well, that's easy. Um, I think so. Sorry, it was the first, GoldenEye, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, I'm killing GoldenEye. Uh, that Makes does sense. not hold up. Yeah. The, there's no no world in which that gameplay holds <laughs> it's up. The correct at all. option. It's terrible. <laughs> it, here, now this does get a little more difficult because here's the thing: original 3D platformers, Super Mario 64 paved the way, but it doesn't, there's better versions of that. And it's hard to make an argument that those original 2D Sonic games aren't like kind of some of the best in 2D side-scrolling stuff we've gotten. Uh, and we're just really, we're re-releasing it right now in June. Uh, so I got to say, I, I'm going to probably keep playing those games and, you know, I'll have one really fun weekend playing Super Mario 64. I think that's fair. And I think because the option is all of the '90s Sonic games, it'd be hard to play all of them in one night. So it'd be kind of yeah. But like you could just give waste. me you could just give me Sonic too, and I would I would oh, still say okay. I'd pick that for to marry for sure. Right. Also, Sonic uh, just is the hottest. So that's he's, he's the hot he's he's hotter than uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Okay, Josh, <laughs> can you present your options to Mike, please? Mike has some beautiful options today. Some incredible options. Really, really good. Uh, so for our three selections here this evening, uh, of your, uh, you know, three course mill here, we have Sonic R, we have a uh, Superman 64. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. And, and we have Bubsy 3D. <laughs> All right. This is easy. I'm killing Superman 64. That's <laughs> terrible. Absolutely correct decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banging Bubsy and I'm playing the shit out of Sonic R. I love Sonic R so it's much. It's still a Sonic game, man. <laughs> oh, shit. You have no idea how much Sonic R I played as a child. I will marry that game. <laughs> we can tell, Mike. This is the first time you. anyone has ever uttered the words, I'm banging Bubsy. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Donkey probably said it in the video at some point. It's possible. It's possible. Oh, shit. All right, Paul. Give me the options. I'm laying it on you. First off, we got Super Mario World. Okay. Then we're popping in with, I'm not going to specify, just like the Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow generation, Pokemon Gen 1 on the Game Boy. And then we're also popping out with Age of Empires. Oh, Jesus, dude. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. I picked a lot of games you loved as a child. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know you. Okay, so I'm going to have to say, because the same reason I said with Warcraft, having the replayability, I'm going to marry Age of Empires because I just think yeah. that's it's pretty much never-ending gameplay. You can just yeah. play it forever and always have a good time with it. Greed is good. But now, now is the difficult part. And it really pains me to say this, but I'm going to kill Pokemon. Yeah! 
I'm killing <laughs> Pokemon because Super Mario World is just legitimately a great game. And I, man, I kind of want to marry Super Mario World, but there's just so much replayability with Age of Empires. I, I, I'm going to bang Super Mario World. I'm going to, it's going to be a great <laughs> night. It's going to be a really, really good night. Yoshi's but, in there. Yeah, but we're not, <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not, but we're not sticking together, unfortunately. So that, yeah. that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. I, you know, I almost went N64 when I saw pre, uh, pre 2000s games, but then I remembered your love of the SNES as a kid. And that's yeah. where the Super Mario World came from. All right. Let's move on to a special shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'll start off a special shout out to the NPCs in Skyrim who are seemingly determined to stare deep into my soul and speak to me with one of the four voices that the game apparently has. <laughs> shout out to them. <laughs> Paul, your special shout out, please. Special shout out over here to Starfield. Uh, since, you know, honorary mentioned, since they're not going to be brought up or shown at all at E3, I just thought I should say something to them on the podcast now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So get your Starfield content here because you yeah, won't yeah. get it this summer. <laughs> You're yeah. not going to get anything at E3. Mike, your shout out, please. Uh, yeah, I want to shout out probably one of the fastest characters known to man. <laughs> I think we all know who it is. Uh, Tracer from Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. She's fast. <laughs> also, shout out to Bubsy. Hell yeah. Josh. Tracer would bang Bubsy. Yeah. Josh, yep, yep. shout out, please. Uh, we're going to give a special shout out to Fabian, our, oh. our own, our own Southern wow. Fry Groove, because his ability to gamble in World of Warcraft has made me so much money. Wow. <laughs> no Intel Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Gambling Podcast, the all-encompassing <laughs> weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groofs. I feel like I need to say that we aren't actually a gambling podcast. I don't know what no. governing body is listening to this right now, <laughs> yeah. but we're not actually a gambling podcast. It, but if you really like this gambling podcast, <laughs> we encourage you to check out yeah. our Patreon at patreon.com groups, where we currently have three different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here. The good night groups, the $3 plus tier, just $3. It's going to get you access to this show two days early. And a special shout out to her. Matt, honor yeah. No, Matt, oh. here's the thing. Because you just mentioned the, the, the Patreon is only $3 for that, getting the episode early. That's a good gamble. It is. Because I recently went to my local casino. I dropped $3 down on roulette and they're taking my house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, plopping down $3 on Patreon for the Goodnight Groofs, uh, getting this show a little bit early, listening to my woes, probably a better gamble. Unfortunately, they're getting damaged goods. It's It had a, a tree falling on it. It did have a tree fall on it too. And they're taking the fucking tree too. So not even a chance of making a tree house. That sucks. That sucks, dude. A special shout out to our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier. Derek versus the world and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Batman himself, Jeremy Renner. God damn it. Jason Bourne himself. We also ask that you take a couple minutes <laughs> to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything else. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content where you'll find this podcast Southern Fried Groups, Game Reviews, and more. And a new 
rebooted replay coming soon Hell yeah. on the website. You'll also find a link to our community Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with all of us on a daily basis. All right, before we get out of here, guys, do we have any last thoughts? Gamble your mortgage on Red 33. That'll do it for us here today. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone. Good night, Grooves. Don't do it. Ha <laughs> ha!